You're listening to LeBeau's Lessons, a leadership podcast for new and aspiring leaders. LeBeau's Lessons is a virtual platform which seeks to provide leadership training and education for new and aspiring leaders. We do this by providing a consistent, free leadership podcast, weekly mentoring meetings with our staff, and online courses. Every Tuesday, we meet at 12 noon CST to promote self-awareness by providing stories and leadership coaching on this show to raise the emotional intelligence of our listeners. You can support us by following, liking, subscribing, and sharing. And now, on to the show. Everyone, welcome to the LeBeau's Lesson Show. We have a great show for you today. We are going to pick back up where we left off. Last time we were talking about a very heavy topic called the 27 Hidden Lessons in Suffering. Now, if you missed that, go to Apple Podcasts, type in LeBeau's Lessons, and then look for 27 Hidden Lessons. That's part one. We went through 16 points, and today we're going to go through 17 to 27, okay? And I strongly encourage you to listen to the first one because it was a very powerful message, and there's a lot in it for people who are suffering with depression, thoughts of suicide, or any type of loss. And we all go through loss in our lives at different points. All of us have lost something. And as a former therapist, I know how these losses can haunt you and influence your decisions and your relationships moving forward. It'll influence your point of view. And sometimes we don't do the due diligence it takes to properly work through those things. And some of the things that I'm going to say today and the things that I've said on the previous broadcast will help you to reframe the different events in your life that you are associating with pain. It'll make you see it in a brand new light. So if you're thinking, well, I'm not really going through anything. I don't really need to listen to this. This can help you to move past something that you haven't been able to get over or something that still bothers you or is still impacting you in a negative way. Um, It can also help somebody else that you know is going through something and you don't know how to deal with them. With me um, and my background, I may say it to them in a way that can get through to them that maybe you're not able to. So this is a good reason to share this broadcast. All right, so we're going to start off with number 27. I'm sorry, number 17. So we're going through to 27. This, again, is the 27 Hidden Lessons in Suffering, Part 2. And the reason why I say is Hidden Lessons is because many times people go through things in their lives and they don't learn anything from it. In fact, they continue to do the same thing and create the same type of Uh, circumstances and consequences in their lives. And so um, I have always grown up to find a lesson in everything. That's how I was raised. And in my LeBeau's Lessons podcast, if you're new to me, I teach people how to look at different things they're going through to get a lesson out of it so that they can become um, a little bit wiser and and get better at navigating their relationships and different events that happen in their lives. So with number 17, 
Enduring bad people taught me about bad people. Enduring bad people taught me, and it taught you how to endure bad people. I saw a TikTok the other day, and this girl, she was, she was mourning the loss of her innocence, the loss of her old self, who was very idealistic, still a hopeless romantic, still the type of person who believed in, in uh, a fantasy world. And many times we look at these people and we say, you know, you got to be real. You got to be a realist. Grow up, right, and see things for what they really are. But there is a part of us that mourns the old us that still believed in the things that we believed in, even though we feel better off from learning things, even if it was through the hard way. And personally, I've gained more in suffering than I ever had in good times. Can't you say the same? You know, we don't like that we had to suffer to learn the lesson, but we would not give that lesson back, right, because it made us better. And happiness, it brings many things in your life, but it will never bring courage. And this is one of the things that has suffering has given me in life, is giving me uh, courage. If I hadn't gone through the things that I've gone through, I wouldn't be brave enough to face the new issues in my life. And I believe a lot of people can say the same. Hey, guys, on TikTok. Thanks for watching. We're talking about the 27 hidden lessons in suffering. Number 18, some people feel hopeless. Why? Because they're bored with themselves. This is why they feel hopeless. And people form addictions. They turn to sexual voyeurism. They turn to avarice to address an emotional vacuum in their life. And this is why I posted the other day that a lot of people mask what they're missing and the heartache and the, the, the emptiness in their lives by overindulging in such things, right? So here's a, here's a tactic you can use to help yourself stop doing that, if that's you. Imagine that you've made all the mistakes in a previous life. Let's just say... Let's just say you made all of those mistakes before and you're living a brand new life, okay? How would you live your life now? How would you live your life now? The reason why I'm asking that question is because I like to add, I phrase that question in a different way most of the time. Usually I'll ask, um, if you only had one year left to live, what would you stop doing? What would you start doing? Now I ask, if you've already made all of your mistakes and you've learned from them, how would you move forward in life? That simple question will help you to reframe how you are moving, and it will teach you how to be more prudent. You can see yourself, once you see yourself as above and more superior than those things that you had been doing in the past that didn't really serve you, you will feel that those types of actions that led to those bad consequences are beneath you. You know, it's unworthy of you. And then that will help you to navigate through those tough issues in life and help you to make a better decision, right, that the future you would respect. 
Number 19. Find meaning for this moment. Find meaning in this moment. This is the key to depression, okay? Many people live their lives as if they are sleeping or walking around not aware of what they're doing and how they're moving through life and in their relationships. You can choose to be aware. You can choose to be more purposeful. Ask yourself this question. How would you see your life if you were on your deathbed right now? Some people are are in a hospital bed right now, whether it's from COVID or whether it's from some other type of illness, but somebody today is on their deathbed and they are reevaluating their choices. Now, I want you to imagine that person is you. And as you're sitting there alone in your bed, contemplating everything that you had done over your life, I'll ask you this question again. What would you start doing and what would you stop doing if you got another chance? Okay? You have to learn how to find meaning and purpose in this moment. Because sometimes when we look too far ahead in life and everything looks too big to conquer and too far away to manage, it can make us feel depressed. All right? The way that you help to move forward day to day is learning how to find a meaning for right now just right now sometimes it takes you to go from hour to hour I've been there I've been there I've been there somebody somebody's talking about my hair this is my real hair by the way <laughs> People, people are so, let me tell you something. When people get on this app and when they get online and they want to pick at things like that, it's because these people are like the people that I'm talking about. They're empty. They're lost. They're looking for meaning, and they're hitting a brick wall. So what do they do? They turn into trolls. They try to bring other people down with them because it's lonely down there. It's lonely in hell. Hell is a lonely place. And this is where these people are. And the way that they speak is an indicator. So this is why we have to understand suffering, but that way we can identify it. The person that is coming to attack you is suffering. They're not high on life because if they were high on life, they wouldn't be attacking you. They would, what, what happens when you're happy? You want to spread happiness. You want to spread joy. Only a miserable person wants to attack and take other people down. Okay? That is a cry for help. When people come to attack you over different things and petty things, especially because these concepts that I'm talking about go over their head. It goes over. They can't even grasp it. It's too hard to comprehend. Why? Because they've walk through their lives asleep, walk to, through their lives not knowing how to gain something from 
the experiences and the trauma that they've gone through. How would you see your life from your deathbed? Why is that a very important question? It's because when you look at your life for what it is after everything you've done and after everything you've gone through, it'll help you see the mistakes that you've been making. It'll make you want to be better. Life has a way of humbling you in that manner. When you're hurting, that's when you start looking at things from a different point of view. Number 20 of 27, and if you're coming in late today, the title is 27 Hidden Lessons in Suffering. We have part one available on Apple Podcasts. And the whole purpose of this, this is part two, the whole purpose of this is to help you to look at pain in a way you've never seen it before. Whether it's something that I said in the the first part or this part today, something is going to hit you and it's going to make you reevaluate how you've been looking at. Yes, I'm glad somebody said this is what I needed today. A lot of people need this today. A lot of people, I need it today. I need it today, okay? Number 20 of 27. You are always supposed to be impacting someone else, not just yourself. You have a purpose beyond yourself. Take inventory of your capabilities. You're not required to do what you can't do, only what you can do, okay? You can only be expected to become what you are able to become, and God knows your limitations. So sometimes we can be extra hard on ourselves. I'm guilty of this. If you ever deal with imposter syndrome, you've dealt with this. It's when you're super hard on yourself because you have very high standards for yourself. And it makes you pick at yourself, and it makes you become a perfectionist, right? When we do that, we stay in our own head. It makes it so that we can't effectively impact other people because we're always judging ourselves, judging ourselves. And why didn't I do this? Why didn't I complete that? They're right about me. And why couldn't I figure this out? And we keep punishing ourselves for those things. All of this is a distraction from making an impact, okay? Take inventory of your capabilities. Why do I say that? Because sometimes we are wanting our capabilities to be here because somebody else's capabilities are here and we're right here. And we're not expected to be where they are. Because somebody else is is a mathematician, that doesn't mean I'm expected to be an expert at math right? We have to understand this. So stop comparing yourself to somebody else's level, right? Take inventory of what you can do. There are certain things that you're able to become, and that's all you're expected to be, what's in your realm of capabilities, okay? Number 21, Your assignment in life will change frequently, but you will always have one. You will always have an assignment. No one can say, I've done enough or I've achieved my purpose, okay? 
until your life finds its natural end. Your natural end. What is the meaning of your life? So I strongly believe and teach often that everyone has a purpose in life. But everybody has an ultimate grand purpose, right? For instance, um, like whatever your body of work is going to be for your life, everybody has that. However, along the way, there's different assignments. And at these little assignments, you learn a little bit more here and a little bit more there as you go, right? Okay, you will never know what all of that meant and what was the whole grand scheme and what was the big plan if you, get, if you take a natural, uh, unnatural into your life, meaning if you end your life prematurely. Because there is uh, so many things. Let's just take, for instance, let's say two years ago. Two years ago, you didn't know what you know today. You learned many lessons, and you impacted many people within that two-year span. What could, if you were to end your life today, what could you be missing out on in the next two years? So this is my point. Some of you are asking yourself, what's the meaning of your life and why me? You're asking yourself, why me? Um, and that is causing you to feel like life is not worth living. Now, next week, I'm going to talk about self-image, your self-image. What is your self-image? Why did you develop that self-image, and how can we change it if it's a negative self-image? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you really fast something that I wrote. while I'm on that point because I really want to harp on this point because I I feel like if there's somebody that's watching me asking themselves why me and they feel like they can't get a break in life somebody that is really on the edge I want you to hear this okay when I was a small child sometimes I would stare out of my grandmother's kitchen window I often would climb onto the table and sit on the windowsill with the open air breeze cooling me during the summer months, late in the evening. I distinctly remember having a feeling of hopelessness. In those moments, I would feel tiny, insignificant, and sad. Looking up at the stars, I would ask why. Somehow, I was aware that there was someone to ask. Sorry. Somehow I was aware that there was someone to ask and that they were the person to pose the question to. I was asking someone why I was put there and why now, okay? This is a true story. Even then I felt cheated. I felt like my life was supposed to be better in some way. I didn't understand why I was chosen to be born there in the circumstances in which we lived. We were very poor. I often went hungry, and I wondered about the aban- I wandered about the abandoned apartments, often by myself, wearing only a t-shirt, barefooted. Okay. Somehow, I knew 
that it was a conscious decision that was made to place me where I was. And there were other options, okay? In asking why, I wanted to understand what was the reasoning used to determine who gets to be born where and under what circumstances. Looking back on my early childhood in comparison to the rest of the children in the world over history, I can now see that the correct stance would have been, why not me? What would make me more deserving of a better place in life, better under better circumstances? And why should I have expected something better as if I had done anything more deserving other than being born? I lived, I wasn't sick, I wasn't deformed, Sometimes I was a bit slower than other children, but at other times I was a bit quicker than them. There was nothing that happened to me that hadn't happened a million times before and under worse circumstances. The attitude I took at a young age was, in essence, was my attitude towards life in general for a long time. I took a why me stance every chance I could. Why do I have to struggle with math? Why were my friends like this? Why won't the other kids be nicer to me? Why is my teacher so mean to me? Why doesn't that boy like me? Why did my boyfriend lie to me? Why is my husband beating me? Why do I have to struggle like this, etc.? The why me attitude is the attitude of a loser. It's a loser's mentality. A loser questions everyone else but themselves. Every now and then I get a case of the why me's and I have to shake it off. If you're not careful, it'll sneak right in as soon as something unpleasant happens and or you start to focus on those things which make you feel down on yourself. Why me is the enemy of joy. You're not the first person to fall into self-pity, and you won't be the last. And today, five billion people ask themselves, why me, before their lunch break? So now, what will you decide to do? Instead of saying, why me, say, why me? Why me? And my why is me. I'm my why, okay? I deserve a protector, and that protector is me. I deserve a fighter, and that fighter is me. I deserve a provider, and that provider is me. I deserve a friend, and that friend is me. When life confronts you with tough decisions, your mind will either find a solution or wallow in self-pity. So this is how I deal with, with the why me's. I'm talking from experiences. I used to have a bad attitude towards life as well. Why me? That's why. Why should I keep fighting? Why should I keep carrying on? Why should I keep caring? Because I am a good reason. Me by myself. A lot of people say my children are my reason for living, and I'm telling you, I have three children, and I have felt, I feel that 
But see, what it, what would happen if you didn't have those children? What if something terrible took them away? God forbid. You have to have a reason to carry on, and you are a good enough reason. That's what I'm trying to say. Number 22. Everything is changeable. Everything is changeable. If you cannot change the problem in your life, you must change your mind. Change yourself or change how you view it. Okay? These are your options. You have such a short time. Every problem you have is a natural occurrence in life. So instead of thinking, always thinking, you know, this is the worst thing that's happened. Why do I have to go through this? Uh, feeling like you're all alone in it. You have to understand this is a natural occurrence of just living life. Okay, look at it that way and you can minimize the effects. If you cannot change someone, you have expected more from that person than they are, than they are capable of being in this current time. You might say to yourself, well, I only require the bare minimum. I expect loyalty from my friends, loyalty from someone I'm in love with, right? But if you're expecting loyalty from a person who's incapable of being loyal, that will, be, that will become apparent, and now what are you going to do? Stay mad? No. Understand that you're expecting more than they can give, and now you have a decision to make. Adapt to the people in this time and the issues you face in this time. Stop blaming because blaming causes us to want to hurt others. So if you're facing a difficult issue or dealing with a difficult person, the natural response is to blame the situation, blame other people. What is divine is looking at how you can change your perception or change your mind about it, change your actions or your reaction to it, okay? And the reason why you have to do that is because when you start blaming other people, it makes you want to get revenge. And we know that revenge does not serve us. So we have to learn how to view things in a different way and carry ourselves in a better way. Number 23, and if you are coming in late, this is 27 Hidden Lessons in, Sur in Suffering, Part 2. Part 1 is on Apple Podcasts. Just type in LeBeau's Lessons, 27 Hidden Lessons. Uh, and today we're going to do part two. We started at number 17. We're on number 22. Uh, but I wanted to ask you this question before we go to number 23. What am I now? Ask yourself this. What am I right now? Not what you've been, not what you hope to be, but what are you right now? That's something to meditate on today. Number 23, so when I was a teenager, I dealt with depression because I had neurodivergent issues, and it, was, it, it got me down at different times, struggling in school, struggling in relationships with other children. Um, it made me feel down on myself, and then when you don't understand why, it can feel kind of hopeless, right? But... What I wish I would have understand then and I, what I hope everyone watching me today understands and will come to understand if they don't. That's right. Somebody said, 
uh, just Jason too said, it's a work in progress. It's normal to feel empty, even meaningless sometimes. Okay. Um, it's it's normal to feel that way. And if you're new to me, somebody's asking what what is my product. Um, I am a public speaker and author. I used to be a therapist. And I use my TikTok to help people to think about important questions that they're not asking themselves to bring more clarity and direction in life. All right, so that's normal. I wish someone would have told me that it's normal to feel bad sometimes and I wasn't wasn't alone, okay? That's the problem with depression is that a lot of people feel like they're the only ones, and sometimes that's the only thing we really need to say, if anything at all, is that, you know what, this is normal. It's okay to feel like this. I feel like this too, and you can make it through. It's normal. So the, the, the problem is that when people are depressed, they manifest it, and these are some of the ways that you can see it, and it's through aggressiveness addiction and hopelessness so when someone feels hopeless or apathetic towards life that is your sign just listen to the things they're saying maybe they're not addicted to anything and they're not uh out here overindulging and doing like obvious signs that they're suffering but if you talk to them and and you say oh how are you doing today and they say i'm functioning i'll be okay i'll make it that's somebody who's on the edge And in that moment, you can make a decision to make an impact just by being a listening ear, okay, letting them know that they'll be okay. Number 24, see your problem as a story of strength. Your burden is a part of your purpose. It's a part of your gift, okay? It is a part of your testimony. It is a part of your cause. Okay? When I was in school, I was the typical high-functioning autistic kid, low-needs kid, a kid who struggled in certain areas and excelled in other areas. So, for instance, when I was in school, my worst subject was math. I I did below average, whatever that means, in math. However, in science, science, reading, writing, and art, I was always above. And this was throughout elementary through high school. There was even a time where one of my teachers called me retarded, okay, back when it wasn't PC and too taboo to say it, okay. Today... I have spoken in many colleges. I still get asked to speak. I just got asked to speak the other day at another college. My messages are primarily towards educated people. I've mentored over 100 18 to 25-year-old young professionals. I've helped them to find their way on their career and to get jobs in the professional world. Somebody like me. I am now working with the Fort Worth ISD and other ISDs as an educator. That problem that I had, 
is a testimony. And I said, had, I still have my issues, right? Certain things I struggle with, but I'm an educator and I've been an educator for the last 16 years. In fact, I've homeschooled three children over the past 12 years, okay? So that is a testimony. And I'm telling you, whatever your burden is, that was assigned to you and, in fact, can be your gift and your greatest testimony and greatest achievement in life, okay? That, so when you see, when you see uh, your issue, imagine that this is an issue that you're going to tell people that you overcame later on. Whether it's poverty, a weight issue, an addiction issue, low self-esteem, a learning issue, whatever your issue is, whatever your why me is, that can be your testimony and greatest achievement in life. Number 25, we're almost home. Failure is temporary. Failure is temporary. It's like a fleeting emotion and not a measure of your, your true nature and worth in life. Failure is not a measure of your worth. It comes, it goes. Successes come and go. How many millionaires become, have become millionaires and then went bankrupt? Billionaires went bankrupt. Successes come and go, loses, losses and failures come and go, all right? It's just temporary, and that's how you have to see it. Success deceives us into believing that people are better than others. When we see someone's temporary success, we think that they're better than this person or that person or even ourselves. But it's also very temporary, and, you know, I'll never forget that there was this one, one year I had a goal of doing something. I hit it. And in a month, it was gone. <laughs> My point is, here today, gone tomorrow. And if you look at your failures that way, it'll help minimize the sting. Okay? It's just all about reframing. That's what we're talking about today. Reframing how we see suffering in our lives and pain. Number 26, impatience causes people to believe that delay is a denial. Impatience causes people to believe a delay is denial. Maybe somebody is out here today and they are looking for a job and You've been delayed and delayed. You're looking for customers. Delayed and delayed. It's taking so long for these people to convert. It's taking so long for these people to call you back with an interview. Okay? Delay is not denial from God. It's not denial. Especially because when you pray with specific intention like I do, and, and you know exactly how to pray, what, what you're asking for, and it's very specific, it's not going to be like that all the time, okay? Wait, right? Wait with that anticipation. 
Most of what's going wrong with our lives is based on our outlook. It's not based on what's actually happening. It's based on how we're interpreting what is happening, okay? And we believe having things makes us successful. Instead of putting the time in to achieve success, we go into debt, attempting to look like we've put in the effort when we haven't. And this is one way that we deceive ourselves. And some of these people out here that are making, well, I'm, I'm not going to say somebody's making you, but let's say you're inspired to feel less than because of what they're posting. Some of these people are in debt. And you're looking at their car, and you're looking at them spending their last dollar and being reckless for the gram, for clout because they need your approval, that's not something to be admired. You don't know how these people have come across their money. You don't know if it was a lawsuit, some kind of settlement. You don't know if it was an inheritance. You don't know, uh, you don't know what caused it. And that's none of your business. But you're never supposed to look at that and take that to compare yourself, okay, and go into debt also trying to keep up with the Joneses. So if you're coming in late today, Today's topic is 27 Hidden Lessons in Suffering. Because a lot, of, a lot of times when we're in the suffering, we don't see what the purpose is. Especially not until the very end or years later we look back, oh, you know what, I'm glad I learned that lesson even though it was painful. But I'm talking about reframing your situation right now while you're in it before you make decisions that you can't undo. And finally, number 27 is you will never know the true meaning of your life until the end. You will never know the true meaning of your life until the end. Whether we die young or old, those who bury will also be buried. Whether they were impactful or not impactful, okay? Each one comes to the same end. This is why it is unwise to allow common hardships to rob us of what we were put here on earth to do. Common hardships. There's nothing that you are going through that isn't happening right now all the, all over the world to a million other people that didn't already happen to somebody a hundred years ago. It's not new, okay? All of us are going to pass away regardless. So there is no purpose in taking your own life before you've shown what you can do. There's no purpose in it. This is simply an act of people who do not truly love themselves. If you love yourself, you will protect yourself, you will protect your purpose, you will preserve yourself, okay? So when somebody is talking about suicide, it's not necessarily about what their problem is, it's more about how they feel about themselves. And this is why next week I'm going to start a short, a short story series. Maybe not a short series. Maybe I'll just do one episode. We'll see how many notes 
I'll have, but I want to talk about self-perception because at the end of the day, this is all of these things that we go through, the suffering we go through affects our perception of ourselves. And we can change the way we look at a situation, but what's harder for other people to do sometimes is change how it made them feel about themselves. It still hurt them. Do you get what I mean? And um, no matter what anybody says, they can't shake it. And this is why when they have that depression, no matter what you say, you can help them try to work through their issues and they can find a solution to the issues, but they can't find a solution to how they feel about themselves. And so that's why I'm going to be talking about that next week. So if you haven't subscribed, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe there. Follow me on social media. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate every one of you. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you next time on LeBeau's Lessons. Click that live button.